This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi guys and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. I've got Lee Clark with me here today and we're going to do a little Q&A with questions from the fans on our social accounts. Um, Pleasure to have you with us as always, Lee. No problem, delighted to be here. Right, so this first question is from Thomas McDonnell, 11. Favourite game as Blues, boss? Oh, um, probably talked about it already. Probably Crystal Palace away because they were a team that eventually won promotion at the Premier League. It was an away fixture live on television on a Friday night and uh, everything that we wanted the players to produce, they did. The performance was fantastic. 4-1 away from home. Um, You know, some... uh, Terrific goals and terrific performances. So, yeah, really, that's the one that stands out. One, because of the end result, but two, because of the the, the quality of the opposition. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, got to, got to love that game. I mean, I spoke to you about it the other day on the other podcast, um, how much I love that game personally. So, uh, yeah, no, sounds great. Uh, next question. I'm not entirely sure how to say this one. Um <laughs> It's uh, it's on Instagram, HXYX Ward, I think. Uh, but favourite moment in manager slash coaching career? Um, I th- it's like a generalisation of it. It's it's really uh, seeing a lot of the players that I've worked with as youngsters grow and uh, develop into top top uh, players in their own right. But great people as well, great personalities. So there's many, many players from Huddersfield, even Blackpool, uh, Birmingham, Kilmarnock, uh, Berry, some of the youngsters that I produced there have gone on, um, you know, to to, to to some great things, you know. Uh, Bright uh, Samuel from Blackpool, for example, I'll give his debut, just signed for Fenerbahce on Thursday evening for a four and a half year contract from Queen's Park Rangers. So give him, he just came out of street football as a youngster, watched him in a couple of training sessions and then give him his opportunity to, to, to develop in the first team at Blackpool under really difficult circumstances. Callum Styles, a young player at Berry, who's doing really, really well for Barnsley at this moment in time. Um, you know, um, Will Ferry, a youngster who 
Kit was on the bench for me at Berry as a schoolboy at 15. Uh, doing just signed a new professional contract at Southampton, was on the substitutes bench for them in the FA Cup. And then obviously the youngsters it it uh, that I see that I've had it um it, it Birmingham in various different levels. Obviously Jesse Lingard, you know, being successful at Man United, Damari Gray, Premier League winner, young Reese Brown having a, a a good career for himself, you know, um in Mitch Hancock, Callum Riley. Then you've got your Jordan Rhodes and Anthony Pilkington, Lee Peltier, all those guys, uh, Alex Smithies um, from Huddersfield. So that gives us a lot of pleasure when I see those go on and, and do terrifically well. Um, one of my old ex-players from Kilmarnock, Jordan Jones, just moved from Glasgow oh, yeah. Rangers to Scotland yesterday. So, yeah, I took him on a free transfer as a youngster from Middlesbrough to Scotland and he done brilliantly to get the move to, to Ibrox. And uh, so just brought him this morning to congratulate him. So I had a good conversation with him. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it, all those type of things give us a, a, a real amount of pride. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. I didn't realise the list was that long. Like, uh, I knew it was a long list, but wow, that is really impressive. And the fact that you keep in touch with all of those players as well and you keep an eye on their career is brilliant. And uh, I mean, even at Blues alone, like there was plenty of players that have gone on to do bigger and better things. And Yeah, I... listen, it, you know, some have been gone right to the top, like Damari, become a Premier League winner. Um, but some have you know, playing at a lower level, but they're still having a great career in the game. Not everyone can go all the way to the top, but, you know, at least we've put good habits and, and they were good characters as well. And and they're making a, a real good living in the game at various different levels. And, uh, you know, that's just as important to me as, as the likes of Damari and, and, and Jack Butland and Nathan Redmond and the Jordan Rhodes of this world who go from huge money to the to the big clubs it's it's the lads you just want to see them if they can it get to that level as long as they want to do it which most of them do they love football is still get a, a living out of the game and still be doing well at the, at the level they're playing at and so yeah I keep an eye out on all my players uh, that I've managed in the past young or old and uh, you know some of them the older ones have gone into coaching into the media and uh, so, yeah, you, you just keep an eye out for them all. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, that sounds so good. Um, uh, next question is from uh, Des O'Connor um, on Twitter. Do you feel that being from the east end of Newcastle gave you a particular affinity with the majority of the working class fan base at Birmingham City? Without a doubt, um, my upbringing uh, has always put us in line uh, with supporters. Um, I'm one of them at the end of the day. I'm a massive Newcastle United fan. Um, I'm, I'm out of work now, so I'm back to being a supporter. I was lucky enough to be, be a player and then a coach and then a manager. But, you know, I've always had uh, an affinity with them. That's why, you know, when there was tough times as Blues manager, it was never an issue. I fully understood. Some t the results weren't good enough at times. And... Uh, you know, the performance level wasn't what I was expected. The support, as I never criticised their expectation level, they were absolutely right in what they wanted. I think, I hope, and I hope that I've cleared lots of things up by telling them certain things that I couldn't see at the time. Uh, so they get to understand some of the restrictions I was working under. There's a, 
there's hours and upon hours of more stuff I could say to give them a clearer picture. Yeah. But at the current time, you can't say that. You've got to look, focus and try and get the team to get results. Yeah. Uh, and, and not bring other factors into play at the time. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm... I'm totally in line with with the with the man on the street and uh, the, the the supporters. I'm I'm with them 100. percent I go, as I said before the um, this pandemic, I was going back to St James's Park and around the country watching them play. So yeah, it's it, it's a to- I totally get it. No problem at all. That's top draw, and I think many Blues fans and obviously Newcastle fans and just fans in general at other clubs will respect you because <coughs> that kind of ties in with the passion and emotion that you have when you're involved in the game. So, no, that's that's brilliant. Um, next question is from Twitter, and it's from um, Ben Hancocks. Obviously, we've covered uh, your best Blues game, the Crystal Palace one, but he also said, um, what, was, what did you feel... Uh, was the best player you've come up against? Oh, dear me. Is is the Blues manager? Uh, yeah, as a Blues manager and maybe one in general. Um. Oh, wow. I mean, there's there's many players that, 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 that stand out. Um, I mean, there's the one that sticks in my mind and uh, I... Uh, I knew we had no chance of signing him, but I just thought that I might be able to pull at his heartstrings. Um, and he, he, did, he, he I managed against him when he was at Walsall, and then and then when he was at Watford was Troy Deeney, and I knew oh, he yeah. was a blue, and I knew he was a blue nose, and uh, I bumped into him in in a hotel actually uh, down in Blackpool, and um, I think it was when I was yeah Blues manager. I think it was a midweek game. We might have got a one-one draw, and he was down there. For some, his family were coming to the game, and I think yeah. he might have been coming to the game, or he drove across to to see them. And uh, I knew he obviously had the 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 club crest tattooed on his leg, and um, yeah. I'd always been an admirer of him. And I knew that uh, I knew that he was a big blue nose as well, and his family were so. I, 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 I tried, but didn't have a lot of faith <laughs> in me trying. I, I tried to pull on the heartstrings, knowing that. My financial offer was miles away what he was after <laughs> and what he was on. <laughs> uh, so that he was a player that always stood out. And I wish I just could have got him to the blues just because of what he won. He was a terrific player. But yeah. two, I knew he was a is he's a big fan and he, he would it would have been brilliant. I, I, I've got no doubt he would have made things a lot easier for me as the manager in terms of getting results. I suppose that was probably during his uh, proper kind of prime era of his career as well so it would have been even more difficult for you um, yeah I think he was just coming to the fore then yeah I think it was just starting to come to prominence but I knew yeah. I'd obviously seen a lot of him when I was Huddersfield manager in League One when he was playing his trade at Walsall so you know yeah. he'd always impressed us then as well um, so yeah there was obviously him with the links to the to the club you know Definitely, yeah. And uh, obviously, many Blues fans want Deeney to sign, but it is, he said himself, he couldn't handle the pressure because he wouldn't want to disappoint. And I respect that wholeheartedly. I think there still might be an outside chance he'll want to, want to wear the jersey, even if it's just for six months. I think there's still, yeah. there's still a thought in my mind that he might end up there before his career finishes. <laughs> we can pray. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, next question. 
from on Instagram, and this is from Kazawaza9305. Um, Lee, how did how did a managerial career open up for you from the start? What path did you take? Well, as I explained yesterday, I took my coaching badges in during my playing days, and yeah. I knew what I wanted to do before I retired. So I was a pro license holder, which is the main um, accreditation as a coach you can have in in in, in world football in terms of uh, it's it's the main criteria to become a manager. Um, I had that by my 30th birthday, so uh, I knew what I wanted to do. And then obviously that progression was made smoothly because I was, while I had my last season as a player at Newcastle, before I retired, I was also uh, the assistant uh, manager of the reserves, which is now under 23 football, and learning me trade under a, a good senior coach of Tommy Craig, who was a Scottish guy, ex-Newcastle player, but a terrific coach. So I learned the ropes under him. Uh, when I retired, Tommy had moved on, so I took sole control of the reserves. And then, as I said, moved to Norwich as assistant manager, and then within a year, got off at the Huddersfield Town job. So I'd uh, I'd done all the um, you know working up the ladder in terms of senior football, um, and 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 got to the to the position of decision maker, which is I've heard people talk about it in that hundred percent right. Being the manager to an assistant manager is completely different when you're the decision maker and the results uh, fall on your head. The decisions that you make, the tactics that you put out, the personnel you put out, the substitutions, uh, they're, they're huge. So yeah, that was a massive difference for us. Yeah, that's uh, brilliant. Obviously, we touched that on that on the podcast uh, yesterday, and I'm sure Blues fans will look forward to watching that. Oh, I've not long ago finished editing that. It was a great watch. Um, so, yeah, hopefully guys look forward to that. Um, now, I think I know what the answer to this question might be, but this question is from Connor Shiner, I think. Um, what was your biggest regret at Birmingham? Biggest regret was not uh, being allowed to manage on a on a level playing field. Um, yeah, and that's what I thought it might be. And and it was it was taken over a massive club with great support, great infrastructure, and uh, the goalposts being moved quite quickly from when I went into talks with the club and what the aspirations were and how I was going to be backed in the transfer market, what my plans were, what type of players we were looking at. Um, so, yeah, and, and then obviously within a couple of weeks, that being completely flipped on its head and then it was became we became selling our biggest assets, uh, our talented young players for less than the, the true value. And, and just trying to survive and keep the club in the championship, but also keep it afloat financially, which obviously the, the, the people, as I've mentioned, behind the scenes at St Andrews, the, the, the British-based administration team, Julia Shelton and, and Joel Sop and that team there, done fantastically well. And, um, you know, basically I had to try, and, which was tough, keep the club in the championship. But I could never... Um, I could never lure the club and the fans' expectations. I still wanted to try and take the club into the Premier League, but it was the reality was it was nigh on impossible because of how we were working um, and, and, and the, the structures that were that were in place. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, and I made mistakes. Of course, I did. I made I made mistakes. Which looking back, if I had done things differently, we we could have, you know. Um, 
been higher up the league or and I all but I always think back and we talked about it at length about um the first set of loans I had that season yeah. uh, that were doing terrifically well. Um I always think back if I had I had that full back combination of Carr and Murphy for a full season, uh what I could achieved. Um and uh just obviously was dealt a couple of unlucky hands, but you know I'm not saying that I didn't make mistakes either. I, I, I did definitely, and um, so yeah, that, that's that's the one one big regret. And what a job you did in the end under the circumstances, and I'm sure every Blues fan will all agree with that because you know you look at the budget we had. Um, the fact that we stayed up is a miracle, really, in the end uh, compared to what we were competing with. So no, it's but, uh, big credit to you. You know, I'd like to be on record to see as well. I mean. And, and and I think Gary showed it with majority of my players when he took over. I think it had got to the stage where I was so desperate to do well and I wanted to do so well for the fans and the players could sense that. There was a little bit of nervousness probably crept in and because yeah. the players could see how desperate we were as a group, how desperate I was as a manager to get on a positive run of results, especially at home. And because they showed a brilliant attitude towards me that I, I can look back and see I never once thought that they were never trying, never giving us their all. Um, you know, uh, so, and I think that probably showed in towards the end that it was getting a little bit desperate. And, and when a new fresh voice like Gary came in, probably relaxed the players a bit. You've seen the results then start to come again with that same group of players and, so, you know, that still gives us a bit of pride, that recruitment in that summer, even though we had um, limited resources, showed me that they would pick probably the right group of players uh, for that budget that we had and, and that delivered with, with Gary at the helm. Yeah, and a, a lot of the, a lot of Gary's players um, that we got that 10th place finish with in the end were your signings. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it, there were glimpses shown under you and then it, the results just weren't coming. It was really, really unlucky. Like I, c I can remember constantly, it was like we played so well just to come out the other end, not deserving what we should have got. And yeah. I, I think in the end, we just um, managed to get a few more results in the end under Gary and things started to look a bit better, but obviously then the new owners came in and so on. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> never ending, never ending story. Unfortunately for the for Birmingham City. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question. This one's quite a funny one. Uh, this is from Con BCFC. Did you ever buy more Gucci shoes after booting the advertisement board? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> <laughs> first, first time on, and the one ruined. <laughs> I was absolutely gutted when I got to them and I seen the state, but it was worth it in the end because. The team delivered a real fighting performance against a real good Burnley team and uh, got a result I felt they deserved, even though the officials tried their hardest not to allow us to get back into the game. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I uh, had to invest in a new pair of shoes after that. And I, as I said, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the club were trying to find us for ruining the advertising hoarding as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously, I'm sure it was a relief in the end just getting off that steam that the uh, fourth official and the ref had caused. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. 
yeah, but at least you got some new ones in the end. I think this question, this next question, is probably the one that I'm most excited to hear. Um, this is from Woodward3560. What's next for your managerial career? Uh, I, I don't really know. I've, I've obviously been out of the full-time game. I had a little spell in non-league football with the local team, Blythe, which I found difficult. Um, just training twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursday evenings. In fact, probably because of the fixture backlog, hardly ever trained. Difficult to get on a on a surface. Uh, I found it difficult trying to go from a, trying to bring in professional ideas. You know, you had lads who were doing twelve-hour shifts and then trying to come and train. Or if we had a a midweek game, you know, it was classed as National League North, but we still had trips down to Brackley and. Gloucester and Hereford and Kettering and so yeah. it was um, I remember looking down the bus on one trip before the game as the team was travelling and down the aisle in the footwells the players were just lying on the floor trying to get some rest after a after a day's work to pre- yeah. prepare for a game so didn't really know the level so it was difficult for us so I had a go at that not Never didn't really enjoy it. Walked away from that one, uh, and that was just before the pandemic as well. So, really yeah. good timing personally. But what I'm doing at the moment is a friend of mine up here who's bought a, a, a step seven non-league club, but has real massive ambitions for it to try and get it. Yeah, he's he's got he's done well in his business life, and he's wanting to try and do a like obviously Salford City's the example for him. And he's looking to try and take the club from there. But so his first project, he's bought the land, he's got the ground up and running the team. I cut the first team compete in what the classed as the Northern Alliance, which is uh three levels below National League North. And he's now he's had planning permission to build a 500 seater stand with hospitality facilities, new dressing rooms. So the first team stadium will be set up. We've also got academies, so the teams from under fives all the way to under 23s. Yeah, uh, g- girls teams involved in that also, and just got a grant for a full size um, 4G floodlit pitch to uh, to to you know training facilities for the youngsters. So I've put me me. me my name in there and is director of football. Basically, want to try and bring in as a face of the northeast football circuit sponsorship for the first team. I'm not involved in the management of that. Um, I just yeah. try and help the the management team of the first team with some funds by bringing sponsorship, and then overseeing the academy for them and trying to bring and implement some. Uh, training modules and uh, in areas of improvement for that with it being a new startup club so but while I'm doing this it's basically just looking for the next opportunity and the, and the right opportunity for me whether that's home or abroad you know yeah that's fantastic um I'll definitely keep an eye on that and um that must be a really exciting new role especially you know director of football uh, being a manager all your career and a footballer, director of football must be a whole new kind of avenue for you. But I can imagine it's exciting because a lot of managers do tend to take that route. Uh, well, it's it's, it's exciting because it's basically starting from scratch. And, um, you know, the friend of mine who has said it's done well in his business life, um, he's doing fantastically well. I mean, what a time to take over a football club. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, unfortunately, you know, it's been... 
it's been shut down at that level of football. So there's been no income because the team's been the team gets quite well supported for the level it's at between about eight hundred and twelve hundred people through the gates on a match day because it's in the west end of the city. So you know a lot of people who, especially when you know Premier League uh, wasn't allowed fans, but step seven and eight were allowed some fans in. So it was creating a, a good atmosphere, and we're getting some fans who couldn't go to watch Newcastle United coming along. And um, so you know it's it's the, the the pandemic's stopped many things, and this has just stopped the club in its tracks in terms of trying to progress, trying to get the first team to get promoted as quickly as can, go through the leagues and then and, and then investing in the infrastructure. But he hasn't been put off by that. He hasn't been perturbed by that. And he's still pushing on and uh, at his own uh, cost in terms of finances. So, um, yeah, it, it is exciting. It's it's going to be hard work, but looking for, I love the ambition of what they're trying to do. He hasn't been frightened to tell anyone what he's trying to do. Sometimes in football, you get ridiculed because you say you're at a certain level. If you're in lower league yeah. level and you, say, and you say you want to get to the football league, you do get a little bit ridiculed. Because, But there's examples of clubs that have done it. So why, yeah. why should you not aim? Exactly. Um, and, and you should be able to try and do that. And you, you see... Look at Barrow now, they're in the football league. You see, yeah. you see clubs that have been great examples of it of it happening. And um, so, you know, why why not if if someone's prepared and he's got that ambition and that drive, which he certainly has, that we can uh, try and give it a go. And if we don't, if we don't do that, we can uh, you know, at least we can say we've had a right go trying. Definitely, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it because it does sound like a really, really enjoyable opportunity. And the fact that his ambition comes from the love of the game as well, by the sounds of things. And, I mean, if you can tackle problems financially in this pandemic, then it really preps you for the future in football, really. Uh, I don't think there's anything you can't tackle. But hopefully we move past this pandemic eventually and we can start having some fans back in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, last two questions. Uh, next one is from Ash Dutton. Favourite current Blues player? Oh, wow. Um, favourite current Blues player? Wow. Um, well, there's certainly none left from my time, is there? <laughs> no, I think um, uh, Davis just left, actually. He was the last one. Yeah, I mean, I would have said young Jude because Jude was around at the academy when I was the manager. Yeah, because my son, my son was actually in the academy there and was in with his, with Job. With Job was in the same age group as my my boy, so they were they were quite close. They've kept close through the the England side because my son represents England. So, um, yeah, um, obviously, Lucas Jutovic is quite yeah because I had Lucas at Huddersfield on loan. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, so a really young striker then from Everton. So yeah, obviously keep an eye on what he's doing. Um, I know there's a massive game today, isn't it? Uh, landlords v the tenants. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, fingers crossed, there's three points. That would be huge, and the three points and the turnaround and the goal difference with a positive result for for the Blues would take them above Coventry. So I'm I'm hoping that's the case. My day to day is full of. My ex teams hoping to get results to to get them out of precarious positions. So after this, I'm going to watch <laughs> Newcastle v Everton, twelve thirty, 
Yeah. And at three o'clock, I'm watching my old club Fulham v West Brom. And then while that's going on, my fingers are crossed that Blues get a big result against Coventry. So it's... Uh, yeah. And, and up in Scotland, Kilmarnock need a result as well. So <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that Newcastle game for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, we we just had actually done a podcast with a current Killy player, Colin Doyle, who's also there Colin, in, yeah. in yeah. your time. Yeah, that was a great podcast. Love chatting to Big Col. And, um, you know, he he uh, briefly touched on you, said some nice words. So, yeah, no, that was a good podcast as well. Uh, the last question is from Jack BCFC on Twitter. Uh, where does Bolton away rank in the highlights of your career? Right at the very top. Right yeah. up with the best games. Um, you know, winning the winning promotion three times with Newcastle, Fulham and Sunderland. Um, playing in Europe for Newcastle and Fulham, my debut for Newcastle, rep, living the dream, as I said, playing in you know Europa League, Champions League for Newcastle, being one of the top teams in the Premier League, um, right up there because, as I said, you know earlier about what it meant, um, the club, the people. That if we had got relegated, the the, the the horrible situation of people, fantastic people behind the scenes who loved the clubs, proper supporters of the club, probably losing their jobs with the financial uh, position it would have been in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely fantastic, right up there, and and just seeing the pictures back, still, you know, watch it regular, very emotional. The, the the support that day was just summed up, you know, the support I'd had all the time I was there. But yeah. the way the, the support has kept the faith turned out in numbers like that, we were right up against it. And uh, they, they, I think they were the driving force when, when me, me, me staff and me players seen that support we had behind that goal that day. If they were prepared to keep fighting till the last whistle, we had to keep doing that for them. And, uh, Thankfully, it, it it worked out the way it did, and um, yeah, as I said, uh, you know the footage. It, it was one. Of, it must have been one of the best ever super Saturdays ever for Jeff Stellan and his. Oh, band. definitely, yeah. See, I don't think you know to see those live pictures and it played out the way it was. You, you couldn't have wrote it like that. I mean, if someone had said beforehand, "This is the way it's going to happen," you would have said, "No chance." You, you're living in cloud cuckoo land, but. That's why it's a brilliant game. We came on out on the right end of it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's right up there. The, the, the club, listen, the club was special. I, I feel really proud that I was allowed to manage such a big, prestigious club. And uh, just wish, as I said, the, the situation, circumstances were different to give me a bit of a helping hand. And I could have done other things differently as well and we could have been successful. Yeah, uh, that's... Honestly, that's brilliant, mate. I I've loved hearing you talk about the Bolton game on the podcast and today. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think watching old Blues highlights has got me through a lot of lockdown, to be honest. And um, uh, there's been plenty of times where I've watched the highlights of that game and shed a few tears just because it, it's just one of them. It's like I, I remember back on the day, the relief. Um, because it was all it was it was all natural it was all natural emotion as well it wasn't it wasn't yeah. false it wasn't staged it was you know living that 
till the last kick of the ball. I mean, if you remember, Wall started running down the lane, but the full-time whistle hadn't even been blown. We had to get back in the technical area. And when it blew, <laughs> it was just off again. And it was going into the crowd, giving that young guy the tracksuit top and just sitting in the dressing room afterwards. And I've, I mean, I've never, after one game, when I got back on the team bus and uh, picked my telephone up, um, had so many text messages, emails, voicemails. It was just into the thousands. It, it took days to to read them all and listen to them all and weeks to reply. And you, you're hoping that because there was that many that you haven't forgotten anyone to reply to. Yeah. So it was just absolute crazy. And Ziggy even bought the beers going home as well. So that was a bonus. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, oh, that's brilliant. It must have been very overwhelming afterwards, but overwhelmed with delight, I'm sure. Um, Definitely. But no, thanks for doing this with us again, Lee. And I'm sure the fans will love it. Um, it's been great having you on. And um, obviously, if, um, if you haven't already, go and check out... Uh, the podcast that will be uploaded on Sunday, hopefully. Link will be uh, on the Twitter uh, page and the Instagram page. Um, but now, if, if you've enjoyed it, drop a like, give it a retweet, and uh, thanks for joining us. Keep right on. All the best. Cheers, Lee. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.